you today. It's always good to be here. And God is good. Amen. I love that song. It's a beautiful song. We need to sing it a little more often and get more familiar with it, but it's just beautiful to hear all the parts. Love to hear that. It's beautiful. Uh, quick announcement is a really good one today. Uh, this would be uh, Steve and Margaret Davis. They are placing their membership with us, and they're sitting right over here. I want to have you stand up. Would please? Right back there. Now, we are delighted to have them a part of our family, of course. Uh, they're uh, just sweet people and uh, the brother of uh, Kevin Davis over here. And we're just delighted to have them a part of our family. Now, they've gone the long route. And I say that because they've been coming here for about five years. They wanted to make sure that the preaching was good. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Well, while I was on vacation, uh, no, I'm just kidding. But anyway, they, um, we're, we're delighted. They're, they're just, uh, sweet, sweet people. Get to know them and encourage them in the Lord. And they've always been part of our family. It's just now they've placed membership. And maybe perhaps you're thinking about that as well. You've been coming for a long time or maybe just a few weeks or maybe today's your first day here and you're thinking, you know, I'm just checking this church out. We understand that. Some people need healing and some people need to be, hey, are they going to welcome me here? What are they going to uh, make me do and all of that? And, and we just want you to be family. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, about this quilted together by God, quilted together. We really are. And as I worked on this message this week, I, I thought about all the, the beautiful quilts and things, and I'll get to that in just a minute. But I, I looked up a couple of quotes from some people that do some quilting, and here's a few of those. It says, uh, when life goes to pieces, try quilting. Another says, if I stitch really fast and fast enough, does that count as aerobic exercise? <laughs> I like this one. It says, before Prozac, there was quilting. And one lady said, quilting is my passion. Chocolate comes a close second. And one said, is a nine patch part of the 12-step program? But my favorite is this one right here. I woke up without my quilt protecting me. Scariest moment of my whole life. I really love that one. Today here, and I'll kind of be walking around. I don't want to step on one of these. They're so beautiful. But as you can see, we have some here. Uh, Vanda Neely, uh, here today, this sweet little lady. Give me a little wave if you can. There you go, right there. Um, she quilted this one back in the 50s, I'm told, or somewhere there's about. It's just a beautiful, uh, quilt. It's, uh, uh, Linda was telling me yesterday, it's a double, did you say double wedding ring? Very good. I did good. And then, uh, the Sherlock family brought me in a couple, and I, I should have done this different. I was telling Donna yesterday when we put these out. I should have had all of you, you know, bring a quilt in. We could have just, it could have been everywhere. And I, maybe next time I do something like this, I will do that because there's so many of you that I know have beautiful quilts. This one here, I, I'm not sure if this was from the grandmother or great grandmother. Is that right? Or this is the one over there? You think this one is it? Okay. Both of them. Both of them are the uh, grandmother or great grandmother? Great grandmother. Very good. And one was made, I think, in the 30s and another one in the 40s. And this is the other one here, and this is just a, a beautiful quilt and display there. I just just love it. This one up front is uh, uh, my grandmother's. This is my mother's mother uh, quilted this one. And it's hard to see, but I'd encourage you after services, if you want to, come up and just take a look. Because these all of these quilts have history to them. And I want to say it is with us as well. And 
And, and I would use today uh, the, the analogy, if you will, of, of how God quilts us together as well, just like one of these beautiful quilts. So I'm going to use that throughout the message if I can today. Now, since material was, uh, and appreciate you ladies for allowing us to, to view those and, and share that with, uh, with us here today. But since material was scarce back in the early um, American days, of course, quilt makers quickly adapted by using leftover materials. And it's interesting how they would do that, using scrap pieces of material and uh, or of clothing or whatever it was. They didn't let anything go to waste. And so in that process, they take these pieces and they trim them out regardless of the shape well, the size or whatever it is, they would somehow pull that together, join together. And in that process, they would make these beautiful quilts for us, for us to admire even today. And they're really made the same way today, although sometimes it's through machines. But oftentimes, Linda said she just finished one such as this one uh, or like this one or similar to it uh, just uh, just recently. And so they're still made basically the same way today. Now, when you think about it, those individual pieces symbolizes the way God has somehow taken all of us and accepted us and put us into this great big quilt, if you will. He's quilted us together as a family. He's not looking for perfect people, and that's a great thing about God. He never looks for perfect people. He looks for broken people, and he always finds broken people. Give me an amen. And in that process, it doesn't matter to him how torn or old we might be or what we might feel like, an unwanted feeling, or even uh, we may feel as though we have little to offer. God doesn't, it doesn't bother God at all. Uh, In fact, uh, like those uh, scrap or these pieces that you might see of of, of fabric, he doesn't want any of them, uh, God doesn't want any of us to go unnoticed or not placed into a quilt, if you will, or the family of God. And uh, he tells us in Scripture, in Second Peter, he simply says that he would not want anyone to perish. He doesn't want anyone to. And so if you're here today and you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you need to know, first of all, that God loves you, and you need to know that God does not want you to perish in your sins. God wants to save you from your sins, and he wants to put you in the quilt or his great big wonderful family that he has quilted together. Give me an amen. And like these pieces of fabric, and I have some down here, and Kim brought these in, and kind of stupid here, I still got a rib out of place, but uh, like these pieces of material that have not been put in a quilt yet, they are all important and in, in to the person that sits around. And I remember my mom and Linda was saying yesterday of how um, I think it was her mother or grandmother would sit under this lamp and they would they would have this little pattern, maybe a cardboard pattern, and they would cut this material out, be placed in baskets or placed in bags. And some of you ladies have, have those in your home in the closet and you'd someday like to make a quilt out of it. In fact, Kim even said when she brought in this basket, she saw some of these are beautiful embroidered names on them. And she said, you know, now that I've seen that, I'm going to have to do a quilt. And I've, I'm looking forward to seeing that one as well. But these are these are the pieces. I'll just kind of lay that there. I may use that as an illustration as we move along here. But each of us, we have our own stories as well. For instance, if you go to a family reunion, I don't know about you, but our family reunion, we normally go to Donna's side of the family. And it's a little strange, but they're a family. And um, I got the best one out of the group. Trust me, I did. Trust me. I'm thinking, whoa, I'm glad I met you before I met them. I'm just kidding. But anyway, uh, we go to family reunions. We're all different. 
when I get to the family reunions there, they may have 150 people or something there, nice big crowd, and, you know, all the fried chicken and potato salad that, that I won't eat because I don't know how long it's been out. But nonetheless, we're there, and I don't know two-thirds of the people there. But yet I'll sit next to somebody that does know all the people because there's always one at the family reunion that knows everybody. I promise you that's the case. So you sit next to that person, and they begin to point out, oh, that's Aunt Martha and Uncle Bob. They've been married for like 50 years or something and they have five children and they have children and their children are having children now. And I think that's some of them over there. They kind of look like Uncle Bob, don't they? And then they kind of explain those things around. And so we move around and, they, oh, that's Uncle Uncle John over there. Uncle John, he's a really good guy. Boy, he's a banker. He's done really good. He's probably the richest guy here at the reunion. Really? I need to talk to that guy. But I haven't found one of those in Donna's family yet, so I'm just still looking. But nonetheless, we, we look around and we see that. And then we say, you see, oh, brother, uh, that's Uncle Joe over there. He doesn't look too happy. His wife passed away last year, but he wanted to be here. They had two sons, and one was lost in war, and, and the other one, I think he went to prison, and I'm not even sure he's out yet. And, and those are the things that we talk about. Because they, but they're all family. We're family. We're quilted together as a family. When you get to your car and you go out to the car and you say, Oh man, they've changed a lot. Did you see, did you see old Jim Bob or Billy Bob? That's Kentucky terms. But anyway, did you see those? Man, he's bald headed now. And that wasn't Bob Lee. That was really Jim Bob. And, uh, uh, and you know, but one thing we forget. We say, boy, they've gained a lot of weight or they don't look too good or wow, they've gotten older. Whatever the case is. What we forget is that they get in their cars and they talk about us too. He's that little, can you believe he's a preacher out in Oklahoma? I don't believe it for one minute. (laughs) But anyway, that's the way we are. I didn't mean to spend so much time on there, but we need to laugh. Someone said these words, says diversity, not uniformity, is the mark of God's handiwork. Diversity, and it is, isn't it? And I believe that with all my heart. I know that we're united in Christ Jesus. I understand that. But we are a diverse group of people. And it's beautiful. Just like these pieces up here. It's diverse. But yet, they're beautiful. They're put together. And it just comes out that way in such a a beautiful manner. I think it does. The Bible teaches, although we are many... We are one, just like these quilts. There's many pieces put together. You have one quilt. And it is with us in Romans chapter 12. It teaches us there. Just as there are many parts of the body, so it is with Christ's body. We are all parts of it, and it takes every one of us to make it complete. So all the pieces in that, that square one up there, really, uh, you know, the one that's the more checkerboard or whatever, it just really speaks to me volumes because I remember seeing so many of those throughout the years in my family as well. There, There are many parts to the quilt, but it takes all of them to be beautiful. And in that beauty, it that makes them complete, if you will. They need each other to hold each other together, there is no doubt. And the person that quilted these quilts, or any quilt, lays them out. And they lay them out, the ones that laid these out, laid them out beautifully, but they laid them out the way they wanted to. That red went exactly where they wanted it to, that pink went when they wanted it to, and the blue, and so on and so forth. And so they laid it out precisely the way that they wanted it laid out. Well, it is the same with God, and with us. 
God lays us out in his kingdom or in his church in this great big uh, family, this great big quilt that he has for us, if you will. And he's put us exactly where he wanted according to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It says there, but in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them. Who places it? God does. God's the one that's designed the quilt. God is the one that's laid it out. And he's placed them exactly where he wanted them to be. You are not in the family of God in the wrong place. God has placed you precisely where he wants you to be. And when you understand that, then you can begin to shine and be what it is. You might look at this bottom quilt here that Vanda had made. You may look at it and you may be honing in on a particular part of it. And you may say, well, this blue seems to be a little dull. But without the blue being dull, it may not cause the others to shine so much. And that's the way it is in our lives. And we, some of us may be a little duller than others, but we're all family and we cause others to shine. Because it's not really about me. It's about others in the family of God. And the more I make them look beautiful, the more I look beautiful. That's how it works. It's God's design for our lives. Now, what is the most important part of the quilt? Or that quilt? Or this quilt? I would say, you might say, well, it's the thread or it's the material. It's how it's laid out. Well, I would, I would suggest to you that it's not that. I'd say the most important part of the quilt is this, this thing that's called a border or a binding. It's this, this binds it together. It's bound together. And, and truly without it, all these are just pieces. But now when it pulls it all together, it seals it up. And it's the same thing with our lives. We have something that is the most important part. The most important part isn't you and isn't me. The most important part isn't the elders or this person or that person. The most important part is Jesus the Christ because he holds it all together. He holds all of us together. Give me an amen. How do we know that? Well, Scripture teaches it. If Scripture doesn't teach us that, then we can say, well, that's not true. Or you may have an opinion. But Scripture specifically tells us that. He says in this latter part of this uh, Colossians 1, verse 17 and following, He is before all things, and in Him all things are held together. There's nothing out there that God doesn't hold together. And that's important for us to know. In John chapter 15, He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Apart, stick, in, stick with me and I stick with you, and you will do great things or bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. He is telling us who he is, but he's also including us in what we are in this great big quilted family of God, if you will. Now, what are these pieces of quilts held together by? What are they held together by? Thread. Makes sense, doesn't it? Duh, a genius. But I would say the quilts that my mother made, and I bet every single one of these quilts up here were made the same way. They were held together by thread, but they were also held together by a whole lot of love. Love. Most quilts are made to be given away. They're to be given away. And we make them out of love. There's something special to us. I'm making this one for the baby. I'm making this one for little Bobby or little Joey. I'm making this one for a wedding present. It's made with love. Something that's deep down inside in that process. Now, 
in this process, if you look at these quilts and these pieces in these quilts up here, you, they would all have a story to tell. Every single one of them would have a story to tell. And that's why I love looking at these older ones. The older, the better. And the, the weirder the stitch, the better to me. It just brings out the character of it. it speaks volume. And I like the more color that's in it. Now, that's why I guess I lean more toward the patchwork one because there's so many pieces in it where this has more of a pattern and, and a lot of the same pieces or the same colors there. But beautiful nonetheless. But they all came. They all came from different locations and different manufacturers, these pieces, individual pieces. Perhaps some came off of a shirt that someone used to wear or some off of a dress that a lady had worn before or maybe even a feed sack. And those of you that know what a feed sack is, raise your hand. Those of you that don't know what a feed sack is, raise your hand. Ask somebody that knows what a feed sack is. But beautiful nonetheless in that process. Some were dyed red and some were dyed blue and some have, uh, you know, printed flowers and others have just all these other little, you know, dots or little whatever they're on there. They're just absolutely, to me, they are beautiful. Now, you can see how this, in, in these particular pieces, and I take this one over here, you can see how it's, it's bordered a little bit differently and it has this little different shape to it and I know it's hard to see over there. But also just, you know, this little red flower right here really pops out for me. And as I look at that, I, I just imagine how long it took because every one of these little one or maybe one and a half inch squares were all done by hand. And I just find that fascinating that when I rub my hand over there, someone took the time to set and stitch and, and knit that in there just in its, it, in, in the love that was pouring into that was just a beautiful thing. But yet some of these pieces, as you look at them, maybe this one here would be a good example. If you look at, um, for instance, this piece, and then you see this piece, they were once from the same material. They were perhaps off that one dress, that one piece of material that a person had. And yet now here they've taken that and they've rearranged it, but they're still together. And that's the way God does with us. We're different we come from different locations. We have these different backgrounds, these other, these other upbringings, if, we'll, if you will. Some from the north and some from the south. Where I come from, it is cornbread and chicken. And that's okay. And some of you, come, we come from different, seemingly, um, in our lives, we come with little friction connected to it. Some of you could tell us your story and it would be a beautiful story of just seemingly a nice, smooth day down the river of life. And, you know, your family just got along and everybody just seemed to be good and everything. And there's some of you in here like that. And then some of us could be jealous of that because the truth is some of us, it's not the case. It's been a rough river and a lot of rapids and it's been rough and tough and, and even sometimes really purely ugly in our lives. But nonetheless, in all of that, Jesus somehow pulls us out of all those things and places in this, us in this great big beautiful quilt of life or family that God has, uh, has quilted together for us. But just like these pieces on these quilts, they all have a story. We have a story, no doubt. And just like these pieces, we all have gotten dirty along the way, and we need to get cleaned up. So before these materials were placed in here, such as these pieces, we want to make sure that they're clean. 
And some are tattered and some are worn. And so sometimes they need to be, if you will, trimmed a little bit and cleaned up before we actually put them into the quilt. Well, in this same process, so, so too we need to be washed before God places us in the quilt. In this great big family. We need to be washed and we need to be trimmed and cleaned up as well along the way. And in this, after that happens, we are his, we are his just like these pieces. All of these pieces. But in this process, he wants to clean us up. Why? He wants to clean us up so that we are presentable to the groom. He wants to clean us up so we're presentable to the world around us. How do I know that? Well, once again, Scripture teaches us that. In Ephesians 5, a little quick on these, but in Ephesians 5, in this process, God begins to work through and he, he allows the writer here, Paul, to be able to tell of how a husband and wife are supposed to respond to each other. And, and he gives it and he connects it with God. He connects it with Christ, I should say. And here in this particular portion of it, he uses the husband's relationship, but he's really wanting to pull out what Christ has done. So he's telling us, husbands, listen up. Love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So you got to remember that. Christ gave up something. He did that for us to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with the water through the word. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. You hear the word of God, you have faith in it, you put your faith in it. Now we're washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. We become his children. But notice this, and to present, see it? To present herself to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Listen to me. No one comes into the kingdom except they are washed by the blood of the Lamb. So it can happen. Why? Because God will not accept something that has a blemish on it. So he sends his son as the sacrifice to clean us up, to add us to the quilt, if you will, to add us to his family as radiant. So that when he comes to take his bride, because someday God's going to say, Jesus, go get your bride. And if we are cleansed by the blood of the lamb, he will accept us as his bride without wrinkle or blemish. Does anybody here not have a wrinkle or blemish? You do if you stand in the blood of Jesus. That's important. That's why we have to stay covered with Him. That's why we have to stay covered in the Word. Because then He sees us through His eyes, not ours. He sees us through the blood of Jesus, which cleanses us and allows us to shine for Him. Give me an amen. I kind of lost my place here, but we'll go on. Now, truth is, even after the quilt is all quilted together, the person making the quilt has to do another thing. You know what that is? It's all done. It's all finished. Oh, honey, I just finished. And the husband's going, finally. But in that process, what has to be done? Well, they have to go through, and they always do this, because I remember my mom doing it. You have to go through, and you have to cut the little threads that are hanging out, things that aren't supposed to be there. Those little threads or whatever it might be that are there, little frayed materials. This this little piece got to trim that off a little bit. An inspection, if you will, an inspection that takes place. Now, God also inspects our lives, and we need to welcome the inspection. 
the problem with many Christians, they don't like God fooling with their life. Right? But as Christians, we should love God fooling with our life because just like the quilter knows what is best, God knows what is best. Give me an amen. Now, if you really believe that, you're going to say, okay, God, come here. He knows what's best for my life. He needs to trim you a little here. He needs to, to fix you up a little bit there. He's going to do exactly what is right. How do I know that? Because once again, Scripture stands true. John 15, we go back there. Notice what he says here. I am the vine. I am the true vine. No, that's, that's important. I'm not just the vine. I'm the true vine. Okay? So who is the vine? Christ is, because Christ is speaking here. Now, and my father is the gardener. Uh-oh. A gardener has a purpose. A gardener is the one that trims things to make it look good. We've had a guy around here the last few days trimming up some shrubs and things, trying to get everything kind of a little back in order. You probably do the same, or it's your rose rose bush at home. You know, if you go out there and the roses are been on there too long, they kind of look bad, don't they? Sure they do. But if you go out there, if you, all you got to do is go out there. All you got to do is trim them off a little bit. And in a few days, what happens? They just start blooming all over again. And they're beautiful again. And then they kind of wither. That's the way life is. It's the way it is. And he says, I am the true vine. And my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Why does he cut it off? The ones that bear no fruit means they're dead. If you have a dead limb and sticking out there, oh, it's a beautiful tree. Dead limb. What do you do? You trim it off. Why? Because it serves no purpose. In fact, it's pretty ugly, isn't it? Yeah. But then he goes on to say there, while every branch that does bear fruit, oh, watch this, every branch that does bear fruit, all right, the branch is us, me and you, he prunes, he prunes us. Now, pruning is important, just like the rose bush. Now, listen, if you have a great big rose bush, when you get ready to trim it, you don't trim it at the roots, right? You don't get your chainsaw on, trim that off, everything's great. You don't do that, but you trim it back. It's like a tree. You get up there and you look at certain things and you prune it back. But the purpose of God pruning us is for a benefit for us to shine in the quilt the way we are called to shine. How do I know that? Scripture teaches that because he says right there next. Whoops, go back. One more. There you go. I'm not quite finished. He says right there, he says he does that so that it'll even bear more fruit. So that's why we welcome pruning in our life. That means the things that God calls to our attention that we're doing, that we know we're not supposed to doing, repent of it, don't go back to it, and then that's a pruning, that's a pruning, and then blessings will follow. That's God's promise, and God always keeps His promises. Amen? Amen. Now, and finally, the quilt doesn't quilt itself. Duh. That's right. You can have a 100,000 pieces of these things. And you can say, hey, look at my quilt. This is not a quilt. It's just a bunch of material. So a quilt doesn't quilt itself at all. It can't do that. And we cannot put ourselves into the family of God. We can't do it. Only God adds to the family, his family. Only God and him alone. But it is done by him as a gift to us and for us. That's how much God loves you. It is a gift to us and for us. Here, I want you to have this gift. You get the gift. Now, you get the gift. It's for us. 
It's to bless us. Certainly it's to bless us with an eternal life, but it is also to bless us as we walk in this life as well. Ephesians chapter 2 tells us, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is a gift of God, not by works of no one can boast. You know the rest of the story there, the, the, the passage. My point being there is you can't put yourself in the body because if you could put yourself in the body, what you and I would want to do is we would want to pick out what we felt was the most important part. I want to be that little red block right there. Well, let me tell you, brother and sister, he may want you to be this little pink spot over here. And I'm okay with that. And so should you be. Why? Because God knows best. Give me an amen. And that's the way God works. He works that way in our lives. And he'll work that way in your life. I promise you he will. It is by faith. It is not by your works. Because he doesn't want you to go around and say, Hey, look what I did. Look what I grew here. When you plant a rose and when you tell people, them, Oh, it's a beautiful rose. Yeah, I planted that a long time ago. I've been really working hard on that rose, rose bush. It just looks so good because of all the things I've done. You've left out the most important thing. Which is... You didn't make the rose. God did. You just planted it. Yes, you may have pruned it. Yes, you may have nurtured it along the way. But God is the one that made it grow. Give me an amen. Now, about finished. Now, once we are placed into the quilt, or if you will, the family of God, we have a purpose. Just like the quilt has a purpose. Now, truth is, quilts often are made by individuals just for show. And that's okay. They're beautiful to look at. They're put behind glass or whatever, plexiglass. There's some at the uh, Comanche Memorial Hospital. They're beautiful. Put behind plexiglass so that we can enjoy them. And that's fine, especially to enjoy. However, the main purpose of a quilt is not just to provide the beauty, but it is to keep us warm when it's cold outside. That's right. I remember growing up, and we had, uh, as a little kid, a small child, I remember we had a pot stove to keep the whole house warm. Some of you remember those pot bellies? Not me, it's the pot stove. Anybody out there remember those? If you don't know what a pot stove is, ask somebody to just raise their hand what a pot stove is. Well, that means if you stood around this stove, you got real, real warm. And so the key was this, stand by the stove, bedtime, wintertime, Stand by the stove, get cooking hot red, right? And then go jump in the bed, right? That's what you did. That's what we did. But sometimes it was really cold outside. And we'd say, Mommy, it's cold in here. And Mommy would come into the room and she'd go to the closet and she'd say, Well, let me get you another quilt. And she'd throw that quilt out. I remember throwing, her throwing that across us kids. We'd be laying in bed four wide. And she'd just throw that quilt across there. And it just the weight of it. And it just felt so good. Doesn't that thought for some of us, doesn't that thought just make you want to take a good nap? It does, doesn't it? Because it just was the security of that blanket. It just kind of wrapped you in there in a very special, special way. Well, we too are to be beautiful. In the reflecting of the love that God has given us. We're to reflect that to the world around us. They should look at us and they should see our diversity, which is perfectly fine. And they should read our stories and see our lives that all aren't well. And some are a little tattered and some are a little beat up and a little bruised by life and so on and so forth. 
but they should also see our beauty. And we must also be able to know that God has a place for them as well. A place of warmth, a place of comfort, a place of security, a place to be found. Because that is our calling. The world that visits us, the world that we go into, we are called to wrap them up. We're called to comfort them. We're called to keep them warm. We're called to do the things that the world doesn't want to do for them. He calls us to do that. And if we will do our part, God will always do His part. Give me an amen. Yes, from time to time, we'll need to make adjustments. He'll need, He will need to make adjustments on me and on you and all the yous in this room. No doubt. But because we know, listen to this, and I'm about finished. But because we know that we have salvation, because we know it, because we know that we have salvation, we can enjoy all the blessings that He has for us in this great, big, beautiful family that God has quilted together. And there are many. Hebrews chapter 10. He says, And since this great high priest of ours rules over God's household, Let us go right into God himself with true hearts, fully trusting him to receive us because we have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, once again cleansed, and because our bodies have been washed with pure water, talking about baptism, but watch, now we can look forward to the salvation God has promised. Watch, there is no longer any room for doubt. And we can tell others that salvation is ours. For there is no question that he will do what he says he will do. Give me an amen. That's awesome. When one questions, listen to me. Because maybe you're here today and you're thinking like that. Or someone's listening to this. When one questions their salvation, they must understand and remember one thing. There is no doubt in God's mind about it. And if you, and when when we put our trust and our faith in Christ alone, there should not be any doubts in ours either. So today, have you allowed God to place you in a great, big, beautiful quilt family? He longs to do that. In John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whosoever believes in Him, the whosoever is you, my friend, believes in Him, should not perish, but have Eternal life. Everlasting life. If you haven't accepted that. If you haven't accepted that. You are as one of the pieces of this quilt. That I just threw down here. Oh you're loved by God. You'll never stop being loved by God. God won't love you when you give your life to him. God loves you right now. Period. But what you've decided. You've chosen. Not God. You've chosen not to be a part of the great big family of God. That's your decision. God wants to clean you up. God wants to trim around the edges if necessary. And then God wants to put you in the family, His family, exactly at the spot that He wants you. And you may be surprised at where He puts you, but He has a place for you, I promise you. Today, that can be yours if you accept that free gift that he is offering you. Now, for the rest of us, 
If you have accepted that offer and you know good and well that you are in the quilt, the family of God, you know that you're there, but you're feeling a little worn and torn because sometimes life beats us up. And you feel a little worn and torn by life and tattered, if you will, on the edges. He also longs to help you, us as well. That's the beauty of it. He will continue to inspect. And being quilted together is a beautiful blessing of God. He longs to bind us together in his love. And he longs to bind you, me, in his love again. Do you need to respond today to the invitation that God has for you? If so, we're going to sing this song just for you. Whatever your request might be, you can come and let it be known. And our elders and others will pray with you and for you. Just let us know what your, your need is today. And we'll try our best to help you. God bless you and thank you for listening so well. Come together as we stand and sing.